0: It was Lindy's. <laughs> Lindy's Diner Lindy's. cursed us with food poisoning, but also I did leave my credit card there, and they said they chopped it up. But you know, maybe I shouldn't shouldn't uh, speak ill of them just in case they they might have
1: it. They have it on collateral. file.
0: Yeah, it's, co- it's my collateral. Should we just chat about stuff to get going? Or I do think you so. Just rock and
1: roll. <laughs> I mean, let's. Uh, let's get, into let's the, get the motor.
0: Let's get it You're chugging along. Because this
1: one's, this one's, I have yeah. everything, actually. Uh-huh. Cool. I have the whole fucking thing. Awesome. But you've got yeah, fucking I mean, meat sweats.
0: I'm great. I'm doing awesome. <laughs> You're hard to look at. <laughs> you never saw me with the full meat sweats when I was in uh, Atlanta right. this last spring. It was, he like, before this really fancy event. We were yeah. going, I was at, like, a uh, I had an art uh, interactive installation in a, uh, like, very fancy gallery premiere with, it was, like, the opening. Yeah. And there were people from all over the world coming to this and um, people from all these foundations. And I chose with my friend who also had, uh, we, had we had worked on a piece together that was in it. So we had both traveled there. And we decided it was a good idea to get, barbecue uh like you know we wanted to get some real atlanta barbecue while we were there we decided that was a good idea before the event <laughs> when we, i wish they had like fancy food i don't know right why. but
1: people are are not so great at specifying they if didn't an not say event if there's gonna be a food
0: so we were like what if we load up before we got we ate so much i ate an absurd amount of meat and then i just like doubled over I've never had the meat sweats like that before. I was, it was because it was also hot. Yeah, it was like Atlanta hot. Yeah, so I was just like doubled over, sweating, groaning, and and then it was like, "Well, gotta go be fancy." I was a, uh, I wasn't the best representative of our uh, cohort. Yeah,
1: artistic duo. Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: one might even call me embarrassing.
1: Hey, folks. It's... How's it going? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everyone out there, how are you doing? Some say it aloud, please. Yeah. Um, to who... actually, this is your daily affirmation. Say how you're fe- feeling uh-huh. into the void.
0: Right. And if you're surrounded by people, you know, and they like, like how why how did doing? you just say bad really loudly? Then you know you've expressed your needs. That's good. We we all need to express our sometimes.
1: feelings our needs desires food uh
0: you say food
1: i don't know yeah i just said express our food we have to express our food
0: well i currently am expressing you are expressing food and i feel kind of bad um but that's just me how are you doing i mean i'm doing pretty good you uh don't eat meat so you feel pretty good huh yep (laughs) (laughs) Uh, well
1: this is the vegan uh (laughs) edition of i don't heart radio
0: yeah yeah where you get to tell us about sometimes you are aware of how people weaponize uh veganism and you only do it intentionally when you don't want to talk to someone yes (laughs) if scott's ever started to talk to you about um veganism unprompted it's because he would like the (laughs) conversation (laughs) 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 it's a it's a good tactic
1: Oh, my sister does the same thing.
0: Yeah, amazing. Runs yeah. in the family.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a solid move.
0: Um, So I'm Summer Krinsky.
1: I'm Scott Murphy. This
0: is I Don't Heart Radio.
1: And this could be your next favorite band. Well,
0: who are we talking about today?
1: Hmm. We're going to be talking about Lena Hessels. Okay. And also, it's worth saying, like, we are doing this on Wednesday. Look at us go. This comes out on Thursday. Yeah,
0: we got a little off track. Um, I know it's it's uh, it's... Hard. You hear people complain about this. All it's just like when you're everything's DIY. We're we're um, putting this all like Scott's getting all the contents. He's searching for good bands. We don't want to just talk about music that we don't like. Yep. You know. So he's searching the internet for bands that are uh you know in imp- making stuff that has an impact on us emotionally, and then also getting like other stories together. We're also um like manically working on finishing an album and booking shows. So. Um, This last month was a little crazy. We apologize. We got a little off the um, Thursday release schedule. We're trying to adjust ourselves um, back on. And also,
1: last week, we just talked about ghosts. Yeah. I mean,
0: (laughs) you got to have a little spooky episode every now and then, right?
1: (laughs) But we're back. We're back to doing the thing. This is our regularly scheduled program. We actually
0: we are going to interrupt the regularity of the format. I mean, we're, we're going to get back on our Thursdays, but, um, next week or no, sorry. Is it in two weeks? We're, we're going to start doing some interviews, mm-hmm. um, with bands that we like. So the main format is going to stay that Scott finds some music online. That's, uh, you know, being released. that should get a little more attention. We think than it's getting, um, and tells me about it. And then we talk about some other stuff on the back half, but, um, we are going to also put out some other episodes, other format there's going to be a two format
1: more content more
0: content um and we want to make that like some interviews with bands that we like so um the first interview is going to be bloomsday and they are touring through um in a few weeks if you're in detroit we're going to be playing a show with them at pj's logger house although that is now just logger house i believe it's just um, logger house it does now. not belong to, to PJ, pj any longer any longer yeah so um, that's
1: the 14th right yes that's when the yeah. show
0: is and um so before that there we'll, we're gonna
1: do that gonna interview, do interview but also podcasts. if you're in detroit and listening to this podcast come out to that show
0: yeah uh it's the if you're like i've been wanting to come out to a show um but you know these haven't this is your last chance for a second i think because we're trying to really get down to to working on the album and not be booking uh, we're gonna really like lean the next round of shows more towards the spring. So there might be a few surprise ones in the winter, but right now this is the only one on the books. So November 14th. This is it. Yeah, this is it. (laughs) Okay, so... Lena. Lena.
1: All right, so we listened to uh, My Baby's Belly, Uh and that's what currently there's going to be a uh, full-length final record. It's coming out... uh, later (laughs) uh uh it looks like it releases on november 25th oh so in a few weeks few weeks few weeks away and uh it's gonna be called if not now then when will it be all i ever wanted Mm -hmm. Uh, which is fun lena is uh dutch so there's kind of like some fun like kind of um there's a lot of fun with the English language, I think. Like, on the record, it's, like, on the in the lyrics itself and then yeah. kind of, like, in song titles and stuff. Kind of, like, this fun, whimsical, like, um, uh, sideways approach.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I caught some of the lines. Um, I was wondering if she was from uh, somewhere outside of America. Yeah. I-, I don't know why that was, like, a, a feeling I had, but I... W-
1: it's kind of it's yeah. kind of the same way that Bjork writes lyrics where you're like that's a fun way of thinking about that yeah. way of saying that thing.
0: Yeah, you've described it in a really interesting way probably because of like somewhat because of it being like second language but um but like it, it, actually somehow is um, well
1: it's like because you actually studied the language uh you like you actually know it better than i do Uh (laughs) like uh that that's kind of like a weird thing to think about like when you
0: well i felt that with so um this this summer i've got i got to collaborate with people from all over through this program called one beat and uh one of the main collaborative partners i had um Ivona with uh, she's Croatian and so English is her second language, but she's like super fluent and you know you she speaks right. English very well. And but sometimes she would describe things in a way that was so strangely poignant. Like it was it was um because it was the the root of the words. Ah, uh, yeah, it was it was getting to the meaning. Uh, in a way, I just never would have thought of it. Was like um it was very like, uh getting to the root of what I was saying she'd like repeat something to me in yeah. a way that I was like are you my therapist like you've 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 figured, cracked the code yeah exactly and <laughs> I
1: think that that's I I mean we've talked about this like a lot on the podcast it's almost the difference between like being a natural mm-hmm. and learning something yeah you know and I think that you know when you are a native speaker of a language you're you're not thinking about what you're saying. You're just, you know, saying the words that you just intrinsically know. Uh-huh. And I think that there's something to actually spending the time to learn something. That access is like a different part of your brain that isn't necessary. I wouldn't say that like being a natural speaker is necessarily like superior to being someone that actually knows the construction of a language.
0: Yeah, well, and it's not just the construction though. It's right. also like sometimes missing a word is actually the way that you roundabout describe something is yeah. actually like, more accurate than the word itself. Um like like there's just so many uh, cracks in in <sighs> what yeah. you know, between meaning and words and sometimes we you know it's the classic like there's well some I, languages there's a million ways to say love and then there's only one or you know those things where it's like there's some things that only exist like I know some Yid I just know a few Yiddish words from like yeah. growing up and it's like there's some things there's in some those good ones that th- th- it just doesn't exist in mm-hmm. other languages there's nothing that can capture that I can try to describe that word and then Get to a meaning of a word that otherwise doesn't exist. Basically, you
1: yeah, know? yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think that that's the evolution of language. Yeah, you know, you just kind of, uh. But you know, in like casual conversations, you you like fill in the gaps for each other, too. right? Yeah. So you're there's kind of this give and take. Uh, but that's to say that I think that that does play a role. Like you picked it up like within the lyrics of the song itself, and then like the yeah, the album title is fun. You know, all, um, if not now, then w- when will it? And the, the oh, commas oh, are, that. like, placed uh-huh. in its if not now, comma, then when will it, comma, be all I ever wanted. And that's, uh-huh. that's like, a fun, that's just really sideways of you're saying, like, four things at the same time. Yeah. In the, in the way that those clauses interact with each other. Because it is just, you know, if not now, If not now, then when will it be all I ever wanted? That's a, you know, that's one thing. But then the two connect against each other Uh as well. It's fucking fun. Yeah. So um, this, to get into the music, it does come out at the end of the month. And I think that it has a lot of, um, it has a lot of stuff going for it. It's in the kind of, like, it leans towards a vaguely like lo-fi uh, sample approach um, there's but it's not uh it's not overly dark it has a lot of like lush strings within it mm-hmm. um but there is a lot of uh, it's very it's towards the mellower end
0: i would say it's like pop songwriting though yeah oh like, absolutely the songwriting style is definitely pop and then there are hints of psychedelic
1: Yes. That I Oh, the little pick the on. the string arrangements and everything. It kind of plop in and the electric and there's piano. like the piano uh,
0: the auxiliary percussion as yeah. I would label it um, on a stems right. and you would be like where is that sound? Um, <laughs> there's like some really cool auxiliary percussion sounds of kind of like um, I'm not actually sure what's making the sound. It's like a uh, brrr, like a purr. Uh. Um but a percussive purr. And um, those are definitely have like the hints of psychedelia. Um, uh, is does she play everything on the recordings? Do you know?
1: I think that so in some of the stuff that I've read, and it's also we are dealing with like translations of translations. Uh huh. Um, I think her mom is doing strings.
0: Oh wow, that's awesome. Yeah,
1: uh, I know that her there's like kind of, and I this is a ca- a classic case of maybe I'm wrong because there's kind of like disjointed information about like her mother is involved in the record and then another like article is about how her mother is a violinist uh-huh. so I'm kind of putting these two pieces of information together
0: I like when we just make up abs- assumptions correct correct as if we're wrong Please I don't do. heart radio pod at gmail.com I don't heart radio pod on Instagram um, if we're wrong we'll tell you next week <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we like to just jump to conclusions uh, because, I don't know, I think that this podcast is about, like, the, the, the point is, like, we want to tell stories about this music, and sometimes um, it's fun to it's fun to, to make up our conclusions that we can kind of, whatever we can lift from what you've put out into the world, but we're happy to correct them. Uh, but right now, let's really confidently, assuredly, as though we are running for president, say, Uh, There's definitely uh, evidence of mother played strings on record. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Uh, I've got the best. uh, Here is like the best copy that's available on the band camp. And I do think this is a fun paragraph. Um Like all the best pop music out there, Lena Hessel's personal take on it is not only a celebration of the here and now, but it also manages to turn each listener into a co-conspirator in a shared ritual. Here we are conspiring about the uh, possibility of your mom playing violin on this.
0: (laughs) Um, Sounds like like a bad setup for your mom joke. Right. Your mom played violin Violin. on this.
1: Grass your mother. (laughs) Uh, On top... (laughs) well you can't just grasp Uh, your your mother mother.
0: without explaining Uh, i i got a series of text messages from an attempted scammer um over this weekend that uh began with um saying uh mr steven i met you at the unicef gala and um you know high
1: society
0: i have to send you that money and so um i was like oh yes this is mr steven um you have to you were going to Venmo me $1 a billion. billion dollars. I was trying to do like a Dr. Evil thing.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Venmo me $1 billion. Great. Um, And then- <laughs> Super the right, good That Doctor wasn't the Evil. right voice. No. $1 billion. Oh,
1: please don't. We, we spent too long <laughs> okay, talking I'm about done. Mike Myers.
0: Anyway, I'm Mr. Steven. This stranger says uh they're named Grace and they were going to send me one billion dollars. And I uh, they said just send the you know, the information over. And I said <laughs> I think I said I was a mis- email mister Stephen. <laughs> Stephen
1: at hotmail.org. Yeah.
0: um to which they said
1: I am now reporting you to I'm the reporting
0: FBI. I'm reporting you to the FBI and um I was like
1: you responded with, I think teal, I responded swan with the teal
0: swan gif and that was um uh met with they tried to say fuck your mother to me yeah was the, cuz they realized that i was messing with them i was i got them i kept them on the on the text you thread did, for, you did a for a good little bit 5 hours so i think they were kind of upset by then so they so said it, they tried to say fuck your mother but then it autocorrected to, to grass your mother like yeah. as they hit send
1: so then they correct it. They're like, no, fuck. Fuck your mother. <laughs> I mean,
0: fuck. That grass.
1: Yeah. So grass, grass your, mother. your mother. Back to Lena. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's very good. That's very good content. I
0: digress um, your mother.
1: So Lena's pop music seeks to turn each listener into a co conspirator in a shared ritual. Great sentence. On top of the musical inventiveness. It is Hessel's distinctive and mature confidence that convinces most of all. Play this collection, and you're witnessing the emergence of a new, irresistible pop artist. That's good copy. Yeah. Good copy, well, right. Lena. Now. So- Yes. Tell me
0: more about I mean is this the first release? Are this there is many? the first release. There's oh, wow. um
1: there are like singles and EPs, and then this is like a collection of some of those singles, plus, you know, a full whole whole album. Whole album. Okay. So here it is. Lena's like twenty-two, I think, at this point. Oh. So wow. she is uh young and on the scene and has like a super fun backstory. Oh, okay. So um her dad is, uh, Terry Hessel, who plays with a, like, really, really fun, um, like, legendary punk act, um, The X. The which X? The X. Uh, like, E-X or just E-X. X. Okay. The X. They, um, they started in, like, 1979, and I kind of went on a big The X bender okay. last night because, uh it rules it's uh, uh so did it's did you
0: know about them or discover them through this uh, i think journey? i had,
1: i had heard the name float around but i hadn't ever like invested time in it okay. because it it does exist in it, i think that the the closest analogy for something that people would be more familiar with would be talking heads oh, like cool. they're starting at around the same time mm-hmm. uh and both starting in kind of like punk world yeah. but then branching out into world music in a very interesting way so they put out like the X has been putting out like punk jazz for like the last 20 years and in a way that is cool okay. like in a way because that can be not cool yeah <laughs> uh, but it is very cool they're like the the forerunners of how to do punk jazz in a very in cool an actually way cool? yeah. And it's got, like, a lot of the, the driving, pulsing, kind of, like, the fall energy of, like, the, you know, noise up front and then horns in the back. It's very, very cool stuff. So Terry Hessels is kind of the, uh, the longest-running member of the X. You know, he was there at the beginning and is still currently in the X. And in Lena Hessels, uh, like, bio, um, she talks a lot about how she grew up on tour because that, oh, like, wow. her dad was in a punk band, yeah. like a, like a worldwide, um, uh, like they are, they're on the forefront of, like, pretty aggressively, like, um, uh, anarcho-socialist, uh, like, like, uh, full-on punks.
0: They're you're saying like they that's their audience base or that's them.
1: That's them. Okay. They describe their records as propaganda.
0: Sweet. Okay. Yeah,
1: <laughs> they're like this is when when you go to the X's copy. They're like, yeah, we've been putting out propaganda for the last forty years. Okay, uh, and it's like punk jazz. So, uh, they've been on tour for a really long time. Lena grew up on this road, and then that intersects with. Um, are you familiar with like the story of Chumbawamba?
0: Uh, only the bathtub song.
1: Well, okay, so the bathtub song, like Chumbawamba, is. Like the kind of at the time of like the late eighties to early nineties, they were the preeminent like, app, like. Fuck the system! Punk band. Really. Yes. Oh, notorious. I I
0: do love the bathtub song.
1: It's a great song. Yeah. Yeah. Big fan. Huge fan. Okay, so
0: they have a whole Chumbawamba
1: are massive punks, and they actually formed like a super group with the X in the early 90s called the Antidote if i remember totally correctly
0: okay that sounds sort of familiar yeah
1: so Chumbawamba and the X in the like late 80s and early 90s did like massive tours of you know it's like the eastern bloc fall of uh you know the soviet empire and everything and they're like living in squats and going from warehouse to warehouse and they're throwing just massive um, punk shows.
0: Where's Chumbawamba from? England. Okay.
1: Yeah. So, that's the, the cross-pollination, and then obviously Chumbawamba does a big, you know, uh, they get the big when deal. When
0: does that happen?
1: The Bathtub Song. Oh, yeah,
0: when's Bathtub
1: Song? Um, I feel mid- like I
0: grew up with
1: Bathtub. 96.
0: Okay, that makes sense. And
1: uh, so... You know they they went on all of these massive tours and they were always very upfront about what they believed and did and all of that. Um, Chumbawamba, upon getting that big hit with the bathtub song, immediately uh, paired it with a fairly inflammatory statement um, about who the police.
0: Oh, is that why they don't have any more hits? Yes. <laughs> they got they got o- OGD platformed?
1: They got OGD platformed. <laughs> they canceled
0: Chumbawamba? Um,
1: there was a canceling of Chumbawamba. Turns
0: out they were just ahead of the ahead of The, the ahead of the times. <laughs> All right.
1: So, uh, but the, the bathtub song is obviously still a huge fucking hit. Yeah. Um, and drink then a whiskey,
0: drink, drink a lager drink.
1: For the next... 15 years, there's kind of a f- whole fun history of, like, GM uh, wanted to put it in an ad. Okay. And they were like, sure, absolutely. And then they took the money from that and then immediately gave it to a, like, environmental group that was running research on all of the, you know, bad stuff that the auto industry was doing for the environment. Uh-huh. So, that's Chumbawamba, that's the X, that's Lena, like, that's the environment that wow. Lena Hessel is growing up in. Yeah.
0: And then... They grew up on tour, like, going... Yes. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah,
1: because, I mean, the X is a a real band that's yeah. on tour like 200 days Yeah. Uh, a year doing massive, like, uh, still at the DIY. I mean, Chumbawamba got signed, but the X is just, like, constantly putting out, like, making new labels and uh, doing it themselves.
0: Yeah, like they have a following but it's still, it's all a self-run yes. situation. I think totally. that's what it sounds like, right? Yep. The, the name, as you keep talking about it, I'm like, I think I've heard of them.
1: Yeah, well they are, when it's basically, it's one of those bands that probably everyone should listen to yeah. because it is, it does come up in like, oh, if you like this you'll like this and they're very important mm-hmm. in this very specific thing and it does rule. I mean, they're it's punk songs with totally uh well thought out like edgy like mathy uh like rhythm structures and then 20 piece horn arrangements uh and they're all like six minutes long and it rules Uh you know so super important band but they're going around they're doing stuff and it's just super fun that from that Background and it's you know Lena writes about it. She's like, I have decided to do something different. <laughs> you know, yeah. there's not a uh, I wouldn't yeah, I say I wouldn't get
0: that from the music. Uh, it's surprising from the from yeah. her sound. I mean, she sounds like a, a musician, musician like someone who's very like um, got got a good ear and and is a good songwriter. So I mean, I see. I guess. From that end, growing up as, around musicians makes sense. But then uh, I I don't I don't get the other. Yeah,
1: there um, isn't like a punk vibe. Yeah, here.
0: not at all. Which maybe it's like a bit of a rebellion in itself, like a rebellion against the rebellion. Right.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, that said, like Terry Hessel is super into world music. Okay. So you know, there's there's a lot of that energy, and he runs a he runs a label that specializes in like African music and. All of that. So okay, there's. Okay. So it's like, like
0: it's quite diverse. The like. Yes. The palette of what, uh, you know, was probably around, in the. I bet the record, the, the record collection, touring baby,
1: the touring baby, uh, <laughs> musical library right. was uh, was vast.
0: Cool. As it should be. <laughs> Man, I wonder what ages. I, I I'm sure she doesn't quite say right.
1: Um, no, no. That'd be I,
0: interesting to know. I mean,
1: the the bio basically says I grew up on tour. Yeah, I I think it it's basically the whole time.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, I wonder how she feels about that as an experience. Like, I I'm sure it's, um, like, and so unique and cool and informs every bit of your life. And traveling is obviously. Mm-hmm an amazing way to get to know a bunch of different cultures and the world and, uh, you know, be introduced to all the new things to learn more about yourself, basically. Yeah. Um, and then, but then at the same time, there's gotta be like an eternal, like instability to, to not being in one place as a kid.
1: Yeah. I mean, growing up, I mean, you know, it's like military kids. Right. Right. Uh, I'm sure that there's that, but that said, but like it's in like all the of... opposite of military. Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. Military
0: yeah. kid lifestyle yeah. with the opposite of military.
1: Anarcho punk. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, in all of the copy that's available, there seems to be uh, a willingness to embrace it. Like there isn't a there. Lena isn't shying away from yeah. growing up like that, and also is like you know. My mom is a musician, my dad is a musician and he's he's Terry from the X it's like written in her official Spotify bio. Yeah. It's not like a Julian Casablanca situation. What's that? Oh, it's uh, a
0: Julia Julian Casablanca.
1: The the <laughs> Strokes guy, his okay. parents are um like a king they're kings they're kings yeah yeah he's he's from royalty what yes
0: which which king Wh- where are they kings of
1: i can't remember
0: are they both kings does he have two no g- no it's dads? a king and a queen damn yeah that would be really cool
1: or you know uh or dukes or something but the, okay. it's like it's uh Casablancas is from like a
0: Royalty, okay. Blue,
1: you know, blue name,
0: blue check mark,
1: blue check mark for like
0: the last two two thousand years. Yeah, two thousand years of, <laughs> of blue che- check mark, <laughs> right? <laughs> for sure.
1: So that's lame. Uh-huh. You know, <laughs> that's pretty lame. Sorry, strokes guy, uh-huh. but boo. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I mean, it'd be one thing if you're saying he doesn't talk about it. It's like he a doesn't talk. about It'd be about it. one it's thing if secret. you're just like, yeah, this is weird, and this is my life, right? I think that that's less lame than. You know, because you can't control. Right, right, right. You, right, are right, a Duke right. you or could whatever. still, you could. Yeah, 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 for um, sure. But you, like, pretending you are not and hiding it or whatever. Or I don't know how much, how hidden it is if you, you haven't been, like, pen paling with him, if you know. But it's right. not in it's the not, bio. It's
1: not in the bio. Sure. It's not when the strokes come out, they're like edgy New York punks. Right. Look at this. Not like descendant of royalty right? (laughs) Prince William just dropped a banger you know (laughs) like that very carefully curated away from that angle
0: sure sure okay
1: so Lena rules Uh and isn't hiding the fact that her dad is a fucking awesome legendary punk
0: (laughs) sweet um, okay, so check out the album. It's coming out end in November. That's a great time for new music. Uh, if you're in a cold place like we are, uh-huh. it's about to get sad, and you're about <laughs> to have to spend a lot of time inside. So one better to immerse yourself in uh, a new musical world? You
1: heard it here first, folks. It's about <laughs> to get sad.
0: <laughs> I mean, we all know it. We all dread it. It's the time
1: you are. I'm like the harbinger
0: of winter. You are the worst. My name is Summer. I can't help but remind you all what is to come. For
1: the last month, (laughs) literally, we we start we we're we're working on stuff, and then the sun's out, and you're like, "It's the last day of sun. We must travel outside. We must revel in the beams for today is the last sun."
0: you don't know when it's going to go away. <laughs> yeah, I, all of October, I'm like, this is the last <laughs> this one. This is the last, last one. Gonna it's going to be one. 70
1: degrees today.
0: Yeah, oh, I'm going outside. It's probably the right, last right, one. Right, right,
1: right. It's the last one. Yeah. yeah so.
0: <laughs> <laughs> going to take a long walk. You never know. Then yeah. you know when it hits. When it hits, what are we going to do? We're going to stay inside. We're going to not realize how sad we're getting for the next four months. And then we're going to see the hint of sun. And we're going to peer out of our little windows and we're going to look at that hint of sun and we're going to say, oh, I'm sad. <laughs> because you never realize how sad you are until you see the sun again. It's like a little sun peeks out in early March and you're like, oh, my God, I'm at the lowest low. I have not even seen nor heard from a dopamine in ages.
1: Jesus Christ. Sorry. So you could provide Summer Krinsky with some dopamine by following the podcast. That's
0: true. I get one unit of dopamine every time you like, comment, subscribe, or share. Five stars. Oh,
1: I mean, when you share, two, that's like five. Five units. Do- five two, units. Five do- I would to say five. That that's two to five <laughs> units of dopamine right there.
0: <laughs> that is true. That For is true. only
1: one share a day, you could provide Summer with it's enough true. happy juice to get through
0: the winter. The winter. It's all on you. My mental health is in your hands. Hell so, yeah. Um, Family you
1: know. trauma right there.
0: Uh, what's are we on back half?
1: I think that we're gonna part enter. B? Let's hit the part B. Yeah. Okay. So you
0: got a transition, or are we just? I don't change. really. Okay.
1: <laughs> uh, we were so we went and we played in Indianapolis yes. a couple of nights ago, and I don't know. I saw a sign for Cleveland, and I was like. Grover Cleveland, he was a president. Wonder what he did. What a funny name! So then I just kind of like the tra- that's what that's the transition. That's, <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Okay. The answer is Grover Cleveland. Kind of boring. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but then I wound up just reading it's about a good the, name though. Yeah.
0: Gotta say, Grover Cleveland. It kind of sounds like um, I don't. Okay. It doesn't actually sound like it. I don't know why this. It randomly fires. In the same place in my brain as Clifford the Red Dog. Yes. Does that make sense? Well, yeah, because Grover, Grover
1: is a Muppet.
0: Right, that's why. Grover yep. Cleveland, Clifford the Red Dog.
1: Yeah, that makes sense.
0: I think that in an ideal world, Grover Cleveland would always be accompanied by Clifford the Red Dog. who would just die a, a dog, a large dog red. Huh. You know, if we were living in the right. Universe. In the right universe, but we're not. Okay, we're not. What, what are we actually? So he's boring.
1: He is kind of boring, but there's kind of like a more interesting, like wide view of the entire, like from post Lincoln up until Teddy Roosevelt. Are you giving us a history? Well, kind when we talk about the history. Tell me, there's history. like the funny. There's
0: like funny stuff. Yeah, I don't know anything.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's it's like forty years. That's referred to or thirty-five, I guess if we want to be like super specific. Mm-hmm. So like from US Grant up until Teddy Roosevelt, that um it's uh it's the original Gilded Age. Like that's the proper Gilded Age. Is because, there an
0: improper Gilded Age? Well,
1: sometimes people call the Roaring Twenties the Gilded Age. Okay. But that's like actually the second Gilded Age. Okay. Yeah.
0: Get your gilded age. Get your right.
1: gildeds right.
0: Okay. Uh,
1: because uh, you know Mark Twain coined it specifically for the um, post Civil War era because it was that stuff is really really messed up, but uh, no one is actually addressing the core problem. Uh, We're just putting familiar. a a gold uh, trim on it.
0: Oh, that's much uh, more nuanced than what I think I thought the gilded age meant. I just huh. thought it was like a nice time.
1: No, like it's, it's
0: gilded. It's everything's covered in gold.
1: Right, covered no. is the uh, covered
0: is the. Key. That's the
1: key word. Sure. Uh, okay. Yeah. So basically, we just had the worst war of all time on uh, American soil, and then people went like, "Cool, right back to how it was." Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, there is a the. Presidential administrations are all like considered the, um, you know, harbingers of the Gilded Age. They they all have big old beards, which is kind of a thing that people like. It is the style of the time, but also they're hiding their face, they're gilding their face, in uh,
0: their big old beard.
1: Yeah, in okay. their big old beard. Uh, up until like we hit like a uh, wizard, Teddy Roosevelt is like the last president to have iconic facial hair.
0: Well, what, what what was his timeline on that? When when is he? 1900
1: around? to 1908. Yeah.
0: Well, I would say that there was another leader with a very iconic facial hair that kind of ruined the bit.
1: Oh, that's 40 years I later. I know it's
0: 40 years later, but I'm just saying
1: the the end of facial hair is the end of the Gilded Age.
0: Interesting.
1: Yeah. The true okay. Gilded Age.
0: Why are they tied?
1: They like there are lots of like, uh, is it like a
0: Gatsby green light thing where it's like it's tied metaphorically? Like, it
1: it is tied metaphorically. All of the um, like opinion pages, like the cartoons, Mm -hmm. they mocked them for like the 35 years of presidents for being cowards that wouldn't show their face. Okay, you know, so it's it's this uh, and it's fun that like it continues to this day that like president, like. No president has had facial has hair. had facial hair,
0: and then also you know they became really transparent after they shaved all that facial hair. Oh, and actually yes, absolutely. Everything's been Everything great. Everything has
1: since. been great. It's been but real
0: hunky dory over well, here.
1: Well, it, it's the it's the seething like American metaphor that just keeps repeating uh-huh. of like, okay, well you don't like the lack of transparency, so we're shaving our face, and then it just kind of go like it just goes on. There's no real reason for it to have continued, but it's just, like, a thing that has seeped into our psyche. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. So it still continues. So, like, there's U.S. Grant, big old beard, uh, and just a bunch of dudes, like, not really doing anything super exciting. They've got, like, uh, it does point to the absolute lack of consistency in, like, what Americans believe in for, like, a solid 35 years. They're just, like, because, like, Grant is obsessed with state power and, like, okay, we'll, because he was a general, he's like, we'll just go to war with them again. We'll go to war with the Klan. I'll make the State Department and the Justice Department and I'll, like, use the power of the state to prosecute criminals like no one has ever seen before. Okay. But at the same time, he is very concerned with, like, pornography and abortions. He's like, these are very bad. And he, like, makes the first, like, vice laws uh, while also uh, trying to enforce the first income tax. So it's just this mis- mishmash of just, like, I kind of just feel these weird ways about these things, and that is the core of the political party.
0: What an amazing... Like, what a... It's crazy how much a person or can just influence culture. Yeah. In- but, I mean... I think that, that that's something that is the sh- the true nature of power. Like we think of money, power. You know, uh, what is the third thing that it's associated with?
1: Sex, like, uh, money, power, sex, sex. That's the one. Yeah.
0: Well, but but I mean, I think yeah, obviously all interrelated. But it's but the real power is the influence of the influence of culture. Um. So I I guess um so he's making all these weird laws
1: yeah say. well it's just like a series of like he's got weird laws and then the uh the nature of like the political system during the gilded age is that it's you know there are democrats and republicans but they don't believe anything close to what we would think of democrats and republicans like having as their platform right, in right the because they age. switched well it's it's like, that. it's more interesting than just a switch. Yeah. Because they're, like, during the Gilded Age, how they operated the system uh, is, first off, there weren't really primaries. hmm It's just party leaders of each state. Like, th- there isn't a Like vote. a nomination. There's a nomination, and then they select. You know,
0: sometimes in the primaries, it feels like it's still like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, well, that's it. it is interesting that the, it's not codified in the Constitution that there have to be primaries,
0: and sometimes it feels like, like there the are Are for show,
1: right? Because they they can't they don't actually have l- like laws, right? <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. uh, which is why they're weird. So there's no primaries, and what they're doing within the two party system are there are like very powerful kind of splinter groups. Which within each party that they will throw support to the other party if they so see fit. Uh huh. Um, the half bloods are one.
0: Is this Harry Potter?
1: Well, half bloods and mugwumps. No way. <laughs> yes. Really? Yes.
0: Did sh- sh-
1: I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's uh, huh. so. The Mugwumps, like, throw support to Grover Cleveland. Okay. Which makes him the first Democrat president in the post-Civil War era. Because the Mugwumps. Uh, who were concerned with corruption. They, uh, that was their, their core platform. And whoever they felt would do the most to combat corruption... In the swamp, they would throw their <laughs> mugwump power to
0: sure. Them. I mean, no one likes corruption except for those that are benefiting. From
1: I it. think that everyone I mean. actually likes corruption, like, that's the... actually, everyone does. Like, that's the like, the that's, like, the uh, that's, the,
0: the, like that's no the, one should like. Con- let me amend that statement no one should like corruption except for those that are benefiting from it because, literally, like, a way larger, like, it in every case of like political corruption. A significantly large amount of people, like the the taxpayer Most, base, right, are, are harmed. losing,
1: right. And but yet, the thing is, is that I think that it continues because do I they think that dig it. Well, everyone, it, it's the temporarily embarrassed millionaire syndrome, where I think that everyone, when faced with the question of like, if you could benefit from corruption, what would you do?
0: you you think most people would say I think they yeah. would say hell yeah and so then they take that or sentiment maybe not how they, most but yeah.
1: enough there is enough people when faced with the like when they're doing deep thinking mm-hmm. and I'm not even I'm not making a moral judgment here because it's like yeah money
0: so you think that because of that then people don't actually feel like they have to
1: it doesn't seem like it's on their priority list. I think that they uh-huh. like to like make big moral statements about like I am a mugwump. I am concerned with all of this corruption. Yeah. But also maybe there is a sewer that my cousin would like to fix. So
0: so did that happen? Was the Grover Cleveland gets in does he Oh, yeah. continue I'm, the status there's of
1: There's always there's just Constant always corruption? corruption. Okay. Always. It just continues throughout the Gilded Age. Mm-hmm. He he does like, a, I'll do the Anti-Corruption Act. But also, the sewer needs fixing.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's different kinds of corruption. There's those that are just like giving government contracts to- um, Oh, yeah,
1: high bid. High and...
0: bid, you know, as opposed to the best. That's just like best. vaguely inefficient. It's vaguely inefficient. It's not great. I would go with not good, but it's not um, as harmful as some other genres. Right. Like like start a full war.
1: Bad corruption. That's
0: one we do. Boo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's just unethical. So, so uh, you know, it's just like guys with beards and it's a weird, it's a very weird party system that I think kind of like explains a lot of stuff. Where, uh, uh, you know, we just got Mugwumps, which again wasn't Harry Potter and also Naked Lunch.
0: So, what did they do? They elect him.
1: They elect him. And? Grover Cleveland. And then he just does boring stuff. Uh-huh. What's really fun is uh, Garfield. Because, like, Grover and Garfield and all of our funny pet named presidents.
0: Yeah. Kind of a. It is kind of a era.
1: It's a cat era of politics. Yeah. I think it's the funniest presidential assassination.
0: You got assassinated? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Like,
1: right away. Why don't
0: I know that? That seems, like, important.
1: Right. Well, but it's the funniest one.
0: How is how is it funny? Okay, well, <laughs> is Lincoln
1: fu- is not funny.
0: No, very sad.
1: McKinley is, like, that's like, compli- like an anarchist like was like uh, the train union or something like this is for the trains, okay. you know, and it's kind of like nah, complicated. Sure. Uh, JFK. Certainly complicated. Complicated, not funny. Yeah. Garfield, if I had to pick the funniest one, that's the funniest one.
0: What? what? Okay.
1: So <laughs> the entire. So first off, he gets popped right away. It's like two months into his presidency. Okay. Funny.
0: Who outlasted him or the prime minister?
1: Uh Garfield beat Liz Truss. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so the assassin is definitely the funniest assassin. Okay. So uh Guteau is the one, and like he doesn't get, you know, he doesn't get his name because he he doesn't have three names. He's not Lee Harvey Oswald. Uh-huh. He's not John Wilkes Booth. He's Guteau. Do
0: they usually have three names? They huh? usually
1: have three names. That's odd. Couteau, no three name, just an asshole. (laughs) So he was a um, low-level political operative who was also a giant megalomaniac and a narcissist. People have thrown the psychopath word around. Sure. Um, And going in to the 1880 election... He felt like if he campaigned for Garfield, like at a local level, yeah. you know, like he's a nobody, but he's like putting up a Garfield sign. OK. And he is like, I'm going to do this and then I'm going to become ambassador to Paris. He he's doesn't gonna owe me one. He's going to owe me one. It's also worth noting that Guto does not speak French. And has absolutely no like experience being a diplomat or a and even, Garfield
0: like, hasn't talked to him. He doesn't like, No. He's the deal has been made. So is this like on the same level as like you're going around flyering for Bernie? Uh huh. And then you're like, so when gonna, you win. I'm gonna be treasury
1: secretary. Right, okay. <laughs> yeah. So like he's Guteau is flyering, okay? And there is after the election, he does get to shake Garfield's hand. Like in
0: like a did he go around doing like a thank you to everyone who like
1: oh yeah yeah I mean he's going around to like party offices Mm -hmm. stuff and then Guteau's like yeah "Uh, you're gonna put me in as ambassador to Paris right and Garfield's like I don't know who you are yeah (laughs) you're you're nobody you know
0: yeah a lot of people shake hands
1: a lot of people shake hands a
0: dirty hand I wouldn't shake uh, so
1: Guteau goes full plot okay. He's he's like putting up like the pins he's got uh, he's reading he's collecting all the newspapers that have Garfield's um, like schedule in it because okay. it's also worth noting that um, Lincoln was assassinated like 20 years prior and the prevailing presidential like uh, historical wisdom at that point was that that was a fluke that's literally they're like that's not going to happen again.
0: Like, it was so weird that someone would want to kill a, 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 a president. A president.
1: Yeah. So there wasn't security. There what? wasn't- there's yeah no secret service? No secret service. No, like, body official bodyguards. It's the and
0: Columbine they, of presidential yes. assassinations. Except for the only difference is they did they eventually did something. do something They about did eventually it. do something about okay. it. So
1: um, there's no security, and they're also opening- They published the president's schedule in the paper- like, exactly how he's going to travel from place to place like this is just like you get the paper you're like oh the president's taking ninth avenue today that's nice yeah uh, put it down and so Guteau is like collecting all of this he's like harvesting data he's like okay i want to do it and he buys a gun specifically because he um he picked a gun that would look good in a museum
0: oh geez yeah <laughs> Is that why we don't know about him? Is because like it was like a because he was like we can't make this guy famous, right? Right. We can't right. Give we him we what he wanted this there. this
1: guy. Uh, <laughs> so uh, he like,
0: man, that's another level of narcissism.
1: Yeah. No. He's just he's like I'm gonna be <laughs> ambassador to Paris, and he start he works it all into a um kind of a mythology that um. The reason that he didn't get the Paris ambassadorship was because he was a stalwart, which was, uh, again, like a mugwump or a half-blood. A stalwart was a specific subsection of the Republican Party that, like, didn't want tariffs or something. Like okay, and uh, Chester Arthur, the vice president, was a stalwart. Uh huh. So Gouteau thought that if he assassinated the and and rose a stalwart to power,
0: he would be then still chosen. He wasn't going to go to jail. Yes, they were going to put his gun in a museum. Yes, and then he would be, and then he would be the ambassador
1: to Paris, and. Because what he does is when so he this
0: man was very mentally ill,
1: yeah. But also <laughs> like, like mentally ill. But then even like, so like uh, it's uh, uh, forensic psychologists like, like they investigate the case or whatever, investigate, mm-hmm. and they're like, he might have just been an asshole, actually. Really, <laughs> like okay. that's the he's that's the that, diagnosis. He's just that
0: self obsessed.
1: Yeah. Like uh, let's and again because we can't just go like blaming all violent crimes on mental illness because that is like stick you know it's stigmatizing and bad and also probably not the root cause of it sometimes people are just fucking mean yeah and bad no
0: no it's true it's like um i mean it's like when people say like oh what if, you know you're gonna let people do drugs what about when people do drugs and steal and it's like what if you just prosecute the people that, that steal. steal yeah yeah <laughs> yeah stealing it's is a crime
1: right right those are crimes we you don't, just, don't have to you don't, we have, don't have to, to put, a, put more crimes in between the, the crime yeah. that we're all just like yeah that's a crime yeah yeah Mm-hmm. Murders a crime. Yes, prosecute <laughs> that the, the that crime. one. That's a crime. So uh, Guteau is maybe just clinically an asshole. Okay. So he's gonna rise a stalwart to power, and then he'll be given his ambassadorship. Mm-hmm. So he goes to uh, Garfield at a train station and goes pop pop, shoots him in the arm and shoots him in the abdomen. He then is caught at the train station, and his last, like, his assassin words, like how Lee Harvey Oswald was, I'm a patsy. His are, I am a stalwart. (laughs)
0: Let it be known. Let it be known, (laughs) I am
1: a stalwart. Yeah. And I look forward to my employment in in the next administration. Yeah. Uh, He is... Executed. <laughs> so, uh, what
0: was his al- al- last, last words? I wonder. When, and
1: they stopped.
0: What was word? Well,
1: they like figured out that he had like the desire to put the gun in the museum. That he like they interviewed him and then they went, like,
0: This guy's soft. Uh,
1: this one, no yeah. fun. So, then the thing is, is that Garfield does not die.
0: Oh,
1: he is quite possibly just killed because his doctors don't believe in germs. <laughs> we're at that germ We're theory at that germ theory point. Yeah. Like
0: some Some do, like some don't.
1: Right. He chose the his personal Dr. Bliss does not believe in germs.
0: <laughs> oh man.
1: And um the this is like up to debate exactly how many infections they caused and exactly how much influence it has on his expiring, but they basically, they just wheel him around for like three months. Oh, and, um, And his doctors don't believe in germs, and they're just, every few days, they just kind of root around in there with their ungloved, unsterilized hands, and they go like, because uh, they're just looking for the bullet. Like their whole medical... they uh,
0: like, if we get it out. That if we just
1: get that bullet out, I think we're going to be fine. And they just like, is it here? And they kind of just reach in and goop it out and go like, nah, no bullet. Um, the closest thing to science that they do on him during this time is uh, Alexander Graham Bell is brought in <laughs> to the White House because they're like, we'll get our best inventor. And he makes like a rudimentary like metal detector. Uh, <laughs> and it uh, he detects the bullet where the bullet probably is but dr bliss is like defective metal detector because i'm the doctor and i'm pretty sure that the bullet is down here you need to go fix up that metal detector so that it says that the bullet is where i think the bullet is because you're way off okay mr science man and then Alexander Graham Bell tweaks the metal detector and maybe just goes no, you're like about
0: to say he tweets.
1: <laughs> he tweets out.
0: Alexander Graham Bell live tweeting uh <laughs> this doctor uh Dr. Feelgood is not a uh, not a uh, good doctor. A yeah. So uh
1: he yeah. he tweaks a future, a future his metal detector doctor. and then maybe just goes like Beep, beep, beep over, over the area that Dr. Bliss suspects that the bullet is. Dr. Bliss goes, yes, this is a very good invention because you have confirmed my bullet theory. Thank you very much, Alexander Graham Bell. I'm going to go stick my hand in the president.
0: And then he dies.
1: Um. No, they they just keep him going. He's just full. He's bloating. He's just—they're just sticking he's not their hand washing in. Washing his hands? No, they're not washing their hands. They're just sticking it in. There's oh like a team God. of six doctors just sticking their hand in the president.
0: Oh, poor president. Yeah. I feel bad for him.
1: He's yeah. A,
0: that's that's I mean. You don't want hands, in you washed, or, but you don't want them unwashed.
1: Right, it's a real habanero pepper situation. Oh yeah. Yeah, because they're, I mean, they're uh, they're not eating spicy food. It's 1880, and they're yeah. white. So there's at least there's not that. Right. It's just poop. Yeah. Because they're not wa- they're not no, washing their they're hands. Yeah. They're just filling the president with poop.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Uh huh. And that is the death of Garfield. Nice. And I dare anybody to tell me that that isn't the funniest presidential assassination.
0: Uh, write in at I Don't Heart Radio Pod at gmail.com if um, you have a better presidential assassination. Funnier. Story. Funnier. Sorry. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, this is an
1: important distinction. Uh, sure. I'm sure that there are better. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> I want the funniest.
0: Okay. Sure. So that could be something you write in to us or you could write us with a band who's releasing music that you think is really awesome and not getting enough attention and um, if that were the case and you think that we might like enjoy that music and be able to spread it to a little network of people that are also looking for cool music please write it at not heart pod at gmail.com subject line I am a stalwart I am a stalwart <laughs> um, cool we will see you next week um the spin I don't have rate. Thank
1: you.